This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Craig Muster Show, a show by Craig Muster, an executive business and life coach. It's all about helping people unlock their greatness and inspiring them to rise up and live their fullest life. This podcast is all about championing, coaching, and transforming leaders, business people, entrepreneurs, thinkers, and creatives through the stories and experiences of today's frontline leaders in business, government, media, and the creative arts, apologetics, and Christianity. If this is your first time listening to our show, I want you to know that Craig has a tremendous passion to see people thrive while dismantling impossibilities. So subscribe and join our tribe. With us today, my co-host, Tanya Rodriguez, who is an amazing entrepreneur. She's also an advisor to her city's cultural arts commission and a vision strategist. How's it going, Tanya? Hey, what's up, Craig? Uh, Hey, everyone. Hope all is wonderful in your world today. We have an amazing guest today who Craig will introduce you in a second, Banning Liebscher. I hope I said that right. Um, But um, we're excited uh, because uh, he's going to share with us his story and how he's uh, been empowered. So Craig, tell us a little bit more. Yeah, you know, I think right now, Again, more than ever, we we are smack dab in the middle of of a leadership crisis. And I know I talk about that often, but I think more than ever, we see the threat. And I think it's probably the number one threat to people becoming healthy leaders. And that is a complete disconnection from their heart. And um, I see so much of what we've turn leadership into, which is a cerebral practice of applying leadership principles with the hope that somehow, you know, I'll finally be successful. If I can just live out these principles, I'll be successful. Um, but then we, we're, we're not asking the deeper question, of course, is why do we want to be successful in the pers- first place? And, and most of the time when you're doing executive coaching, whether I'm, I'm talking to C-suite executives or whether I'm talking to even even ministers or people that are directing nonprofit corporations that is an animal in and of itself. When you're dealing with nothing but volunteer culture rather than paid people, there's a total different animal that shows up there. But most of the time when you say, why do you want to be successful? It's because they want meaning. They want to live a life of meaning. The problem is that meaning is a heart issue. It's not a head issue. So when you lead from the head, you seldom get around to living from your heart. And and we're trained into this. If we can get a little bit more knowledge, a a better skill set, more talent, which is really challenging. You know, the the actual God-given gifts that you've been given, we're trained to lead from that. We're trained to lead from our gifts because that's what gets praised the most by the masses. They get to see what we're good at. And so we learn to lead from our gifts and we never get around to attaching our heart to it. So in businesses, one of the things that we do when we go into working with a business is beginning to describe what the business exists for. Why is a business alive? 
What is the why to the business, the meaning of the business, and then developing structure around protecting and causing that meaning to flourish, which consists and includes profitability, but it's not reduced to profitability. I don't know of any executive or business owner that when they reduce their business to profitability feels like they're living a life of meaning and success. So this is the crux, is reconnecting the heart of a leader back to their mission and their calling, if you will, in life. Now, I know i got a lot of listeners out there. You're, you're curious about God. You're not sure what to do with him yet, but you've seen the effects of walking out his principles. So I encourage you today, you're going to hear some words that you might be used to only hearing in church, or maybe maybe you've heard them in, in passing, but Banning is incredible at explaining what these words mean. I encourage you to implement the principles, even if you're just curious about God, because the principles work. They simply work. And then I trust, I'm going to be very honest. I trust that as you implement the principles and you start to see them walk out in your life and begin to change you from the inside out, you're going to want to know where those principles came from. And at some point you're going to get so curious about God, you're going to finally say, okay, God, I really want to know you. And, and that is ultimately nothing is fully going to take care of the issue in your heart until that happens. But there's a journey, to ha- there's a journey, there's, there's time, there's space. And, uh, and this is what that's all about. So I'm excited. I'm excited that Banning's with us today because Banning, I've known Banning for, oh my word, Banning, I met you 16 years ago now. I just, no, 17 years ago, 2003 at the first leadership advance that Carlette and I went to at Bethel, Banning came up. And uh, and grabbed Carlette and said, hey, what's your names? Where are you guys from? And invited us to go sit with him at the table, instantly engaged with us. But Banning is incredible and not only leading, but developing leaders. And not only developing leaders, but developing leaders of leaders and connecting them to their hearts. And that's part of the reason why I wanted to bring him on today. For even you, even you business people, if you will grab a hold of what you're going to get today, trust me, it's going to work itself out in your business. Banning's the, the founding pastor of Jesus Culture, which is a ministry of worship, events, and leadership development, which actually, hopefully, he, he, he talks a little bit about the leadership school that's happening right now. Along with his wife, CJ, he is also the lead pastor of Jesus Culture Sacramento a church committed to seeing believers encounter God, be empowered as world changers, and engage their city as leaders. Banning is the author of four books, the latest one being The Three Mile Walk, The Courage You Need to Live the Life God Wants for You. Banning and CJ have three children, Eliana, Raya, and Lake. Welcome, Banning. I'm I'm, I'm really excited you're here today, man. Well, thanks for having me. Let me first say this, Tanya, well done on the name. Seriously, nailed it. And <laughs> okay. that is a, a, a rare thing when people nail my name. Uh, but great to be with you, Craig. Uh, the opening talk right now, I just want to dive straight into. Like, there's so much to unpack with all that stuff. So I will wait a little bit. But um, I love what you guys are doing. Love the podcast. Love anybody who wants to come alongside leaders and help equip and encourage them. Uh, Whether you're in the church or outside the church, whether you're walking with God or that's a foreign concept, I love anybody who's giving their life to encourage and equip others to go be successful. So thanks for having me. 
Yeah, and and I do. I want to dive right into it too. And this is what we enjoy: is going deep, getting past the layers to get to things that actually bring about not just change but sustainable change. And um, and so you know, you just came out. I think what three month three months ago with uh, in the midst of the pandemic, right? You released yeah. your book. Yeah, I released my book on Blackout Tuesday. How's that for uh, marketing genius? How's that for marketing genius? Find the one Tuesday of the year where the entire internet goes black. And then, and it just, it, you know, Wonderful. listen, at the end of the day, what, 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 what blackout Tuesday and that whole is more important in my book. So I, I'm fine with that. It's a, it's a, it's a conversation we have to have in the nation and something we got to address, but it was funny from a marketing standpoint, the yeah. absolute worst time to release a book possibly in the last hundred years was on blackout Tuesday. That's maybe, maybe nine 11, maybe <laughs> the stock market crashing. There's some other times where probably bad days to release a book as well. Oh, that is funny. Well, I mean, you know, I got to be honest with you. If it wasn't for my marketing team, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do any of this stuff. I'm constantly thinking about content and how to help people. And so I am grateful. I thank God every day for my marketing team that thinks about how to get the message out and communicate well. It's definitely, yeah. You know, you. I grabbed your book and by the way, it's on audible for those of you. I, I listen to books more than I read them because I can consume them everywhere I go. And my, my retention rate is higher in audible. And then I usually get the, the hard copy and start to unline and, and outline to see the methodical approach of where the author's coming from. But I absolutely love uh, what I've already heard in your book not to mention the fact you're the one that reads it, which uh, for me, uh, as a listener, I like it when the author's reading it because so you can hear the inflection, the inflection of their voice and the nuances. But you you outlined something at the very beginning of the book, and that's I, I want to dive into it. The the three things to living a, 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 a with a heart fully engaged, and you outline it as holiness or holy, courageous or courage, and faith or full of faith, meaning you have to have a heart that's holy, that's courageous and that's full of faith. And I want, I want to dive into those three aspects, defining each one and then just going after it. And maybe even your personal journey of how you yeah. discovered those three things. So just talk to me. What, what is holiness? First of all, what does that even mean? Yeah. No, let me unpack holiness just in just a second. Cause you, you guys are talking about, you know, there might be people that are listening that maybe they don't, you know, maybe they're not in the same boat that we are as far, listen, I'm a pastor. So as a pastor, I want to connect people to God. Uh, you know, I want people to really understand uh, why they were created. You talk about the why, but sometimes it's so hard to figure out our why without understanding, like you were created with a purpose. You were created with design. You were created in a certain way. And I think as a leader, understanding that matters. Like, why, like, why, why did God create me? What am I on the earth for? What am I meant to accomplish? What does this look like? And how did God create me? You know, one of the things that if you're going to be a successful leader, I think that you have to be extremely self-aware and then you have to be people aware. And what I mean by that is you have to know how, what are your needs? You talked about the health part that like so many leaders have no idea, you know, they want to follow principles without understanding like I'm wired a certain way. There are needs that I have. There are things that fuel me and motivate me. You know, and and I think now if you've read enough business books, you understand that most people 
once they meet a certain threshold of finances, finances are not actually what are motivating people. This is not what gets them up in the out of bed in the morning to move forward. I say all that to say, I think one of the journeys that I'm on with leaders is helping them one, find out who God's created them to be. And then how to help them find out how God's created others to be so they can be more effective in leading them and getting where they need to go. This is why when we talk about things like the DISC test, Enneagram, Strength Finders, Love Languages, you know, Briggs Meyer, you just go down the list, you know, the flipping constraint profile. All of these things for me are tools to help get a clearer picture of how God has created me, how I'm wired, what motivates me, what fuels me, what are the needs I have, and then along with other people. So I, I, I say all to say, I can unpack holiness in a second, but I think for me, the God part's a big part because the God part is answering, why were you created? What's your purpose on the earth? And God created you uniquely. Do you know how you're wired? And so many leaders, I think, are they want to put principles in place without even understanding the very things that fuel them and the, and where they thrive. Does that make sense? What I'm saying, randomly Absolutely. off. No, I, I think it's I think it's spot on. And I would just say this: even even for those that are curious about God, that haven't you know, they don't have a relationship with God to that level yet, meaning they haven't surrendered. Um, you know, if, if I just say this, if, if, if God didn't talk to you till after you got saved, you'd never get saved. Meaning he talks to you in the process. If yeah. you can start your process of discovering your design before you ever surrender to God, as a matter of fact, it's, it's, one of the key aspects of desiring to surrender to God is that he wants to connect to your heart even before you surrender. So if you're listening yeah. to this and you're thinking, you know what, I'm not, I don't go to church. I don't, I don't know about this religious stuff. And no, we're not talking about what we're talking about. God is actually wanting to, to connect to your heart right now. And yeah. you don't even have to say a perfect prayer. You just say, God, God, I don't believe in you yet to the level. I don't, I definitely don't want to surrender because I don't even know what kind of God I'm surrendering to. But I would like to know my design. I would, yeah. I, I would, I mean, that's, that's brilliant. And, and this is, go ahead, Tanya, I apologize. No, I was going to say like, that's my God journey too. And I didn't have words to describe it, but I needed to be, you know, that self-aware component. Like I didn't even have room for other people until I was aware of what was going on in my life, my needs, my call, my purpose. I mean, to some extent, yes, you get to know people and community, but um, I just would say it just 10 X when I did put in the work, the time with being rooted in God, which I did, I, I got your audible rooted. So I love that. I heard that like a, a year or two ago, I listened to it. So, um, but I couldn't even, um, you know, I couldn't be that greater blessing to people, um, as a business person, as a friend, as a daughter, uh, you know, an auntie, all of that until, I, I took care of that component for yes. myself. And then I felt like, wow, like I had so much more to, to pour out to people. Yeah. And, and I would say this, as we come alongside leaders, we say, how can we help you? This is my only, how can I help you be the best you? How can I help you be successful at what you were created to do? How can I do that? And so obviously as a pastor and as, as Christians, we believe that that's connected to God. But one of the things that's interesting is, is you're around leaders. Leaders, 
um, uh, are, are driven by, are driven by fears. Leaders are driven by hurt. This one thinks we applaud driven people, but don't stop long enough to ask what's driving you. Because not, not all things that drive you are healthy. And this is, we want leaders to bear good fruit. Well, if you're going to bear good fruit in your marriage, if you're going to bear good fruit in your relationships, if you're going to bear fr good fruit in your business, then you'd better make sure that what's driving you is healthy. So when I'm driven by fears, when I'm driven by uh, you know, insecurity I, uh, or hurts, you know, I, uh, you know, a lot of people are driven by the fact that they didn't have a dad that liked them. And yep. so now they spend their entire life trying to prove to everybody else that they can do it and they're performing. And they had a dad who constantly, you know, berated them. And if you don't stop and deal with that, I can give you principles all day long, but you're being driven by trying to perform to get people's acceptance. And don't act like somehow, listen, in the business world, in the church world, it's the same thing. We're yeah. like, man, you're driven. Way to go, man. You are driven. And I just want to stop and go, okay, what are you driven by? I could tell you my own journey, fear of not being accepted, fear of being insignificant, fear of not being liked. Like these are all things that are real in there. Uh, I'm like, I, you know, I remember when we came to plant this church, somebody said, what's your biggest fear? Easily a church that's insignificant. <laughs> because if church is insignificant means that I'm insignificant. I want to be liked by other leaders. And here's the crazy thing. I don't just want to, I don't want to be just liked by people. No. I want to be liked by other leaders. Yeah. I want other leaders to look at me and be impressed. So all of a sudden I'm driven to accomplish a certain thing. I'm driven to somehow produce something. I'm driven to get to some mark and some point and some height. Not because that's what I was created to do so that other leaders will be impressed, will like me and accept me. So, so to act like that's not what's dry. I don't care if you're a Christian or not a Christian. Yep. There are things going on inside of us that are driving us and motivating us. Now, as a pastor and as Christians, we're coming along saying, here, here's a solution to that. You're accepted by God. God accepts you. He loves you. He's for you. And even if all the leaders that we so want to be a part of that club don't accept you, God does. And all of a sudden, I don't have to be driven by a need for significance. I don't have to be driven by a fear of not being accepted. I don't have to perform for people to, you know, like I don't feel that I'm that valuable unless I produce something. And so I think the God conversation, whether you've been saved for 30 years, whether you don't know Jesus at all, whether you're just, the, you know, whether you're kind of there or not there, wherever you're at, yeah, security comes from knowing what God thinks about you. Identity comes from knowing how, what God, purpose and identity are connected to how God created you and what he created you for and how he wired you. And so I think that's why even in this conversation, it's like, I don't know, this is, I sat with a guy today and he's just on his, you know, he's got a faith in God, but it's kind of, you know, it hasn't really been there and he's kind of walked away from him, but he kind of hit a tough spot. And now he's like reconnecting and finding that purpose. What's his purpose? You know, so that's yeah. We got to. I, I think we got to bring God into the conversation at some level. There you Completely go. Completely agree. And if we do, you know, uh, 
Moses, my five-year-old, he loves these RC cars, right? They're the remote controls, and he's he's into them at the as much as a five-year-old can be into them. So I I'm always going buying these things. And at first I bought like the cheapest kind of car you can get that of course doesn't have rechargeable batteries. I'm thinking it's a five-year-old, you know, let's just get let's get the cheap car. And what ends up happening? I ended up spending like a hundred dollars on batteries in a month because I I, I buy the cheap car that drains yeah. the batteries. And yeah. ultimately, but that's ultimately what you end up doing with with cheap fuel and lazy yeah. fuel. And lazy yeah. and cheap fuel that requires no courage. Fear requires no courage. You can yeah. you can use fu- you can you can use fear as your fuel, and I've done it. I mean, I was I've been an expert at it at different moments. And my you know my my big gaping thing was like, will I belong? And but to your point, it wasn't. I don't I don't have this thing to need to belong to the masses. My my biggest fear and that still always wants to creep up is will you belong to the leadership? Will you belong to a family? Will you belong to those closest to you if you blow it, if you're not successful, if you're not strong when they need you to be? Will you be booted because of your weaknesses? Yes. And, yeah. And I don't think you can get to the highest level of leadership. I don't think you can get to the highest level of production without understanding your fears, without understanding your needs, without understanding how you're wired, without understanding what your constraints are, without understanding this stuff. And I really think it's fascinating to me because we don't, as leaders, I think one of the things we're worse, the the worst at is being honest with ourselves. Yes, true. We don't stop long enough to actually be honest about some things, about being honest what's going on inside of us. So I don't think we stop long enough to go, is what's going on inside of me healthy or unhealthy? Is it healthy or unhealthy? I can look around and maybe a marriage didn't work out. Maybe my kids don't. I, I guess there's, you know, you can look around and go like the fruit isn't healthy, but is what's going on healthy or unhealthy? We just bought a house two years ago in a town called El Dorado Hills. Oh, yeah. And as you, and as you could tell by the name, it's all hills out here. So when we bought the house, half of the house is on a raised foundation and half of the house is on a slab. So we bought the house from the original owners. It's like 25 years old or something like that. And so um, an inspector came to do the inspection of the house. And when they came, they went underneath the half of the house. It's the wood raised foundation. And uh, they came out and said, um, I'm not even sure how this house is standing except for maybe you know the walls, the stucco. They said the entire foundation is rotten. It's all dry rot under there. And what had happened was because there wasn't the right, uh, there wasn't the right airflow. There was too much moisture, all this type of stuff. But what had happened was in like 28 years or something of owning the house, the owners had never once gone underneath the house to check it. Oh, wow. They'd never once gone under to see how the foundation was. So all of a sudden when we buy it, somebody goes under there and they say, this thing's bad. And I think that that's, that's, I mean, what a picture of leadership, right? Like we're yeah. going along and we don't stop long enough to go, how's my foundation? Yeah. How's the things that I believe? How's my, you know, uh, the, the things that are internal, how are they doing? And then we're wondering why things are crumbling all around us. And, and, you know, maybe, maybe work's never been better, but relationships are just crumbling all around us. 
you know, and, and I can't seem to keep people on and we can't do this. And you're like, well, there's internal things going on that you're not stopping long enough to pay attention to and check out. You can't every 28 years stop and look at what, or you can't wait till the house falls down wow. to go like, Hey, maybe the foundation wasn't doing well. And so this is a big passion of mine is just to go, Hey, all can we all just be honest for a moment? Can we just as leaders stop and go, I think I got some fears. I think I've got some things I'm believing. I think I've got some hurt. Yeah. yeah. I, I think I got some, some hurt. I mean, a guy, did, like I said, I just met with, I mean, his, you know, his dad just passed away and I'm like, dude, like this is the, the and then his dad was like a rock form is like, dude, take mm -hmm. some time and go, I'm yeah. hurting. Yeah. But we don't do that. Right. We're like, when it comes to leaders, you don't stop. You don't, you don't admit that you're hurting. No, you, you know, you if you sprain your ankle, you know what you do. You tape it up and you get back out there again. This is literally what we learn in sports. My son, he's 15 and he plays on a basketball team. He's really serious. But but he um, we, I was with some dads and he's out there. They're out there playing on this team. And one of his my son's teammates fell over in pain, and was holding his ankle in a game. And I'm up there with the dads and the dad, the dad, his dad is next to me. And his dad goes, get up. <laughs> his dad's like, get up, suck it up. Like, like <laughs> we're embarrassed that our son is on the ground holding his ankle. Like, like we're leap shirts. Like he, <laughs> I, I told my son one time because he was playing a game and somebody asked to come out because they were tired. Yeah. And I'm driving home with my son. I said, son, you've never done this, but let me make something clear right now. <laughs> if you ever ask to come out of a game, if you ever look at your coach and say, I'm tired, I'm hurt, and you ask to come out of a game, you are a leapsher. We do not ask to come out of games. We stay in games. If you, you will not sleep in my house if you ever ask to come out of a game. And that's the lecture I'm giving him on the way. Oh, he's never done it. But I'm like, son, let me tell you right now, I don't know whose son that was, but they embarrassed their entire family today. This is middle school. They embarrassed their entire family by asking to come out of the game. So we learn, suck it up, yep. keep going, get back out there. Yes. And I just want to give leaders permission. You know what I, you can do? I have the same thing, you know, like I bought a brand new Nissan Pathfinder and I didn't change the oil for our, the first, the first oil. It's a brand new car. Like, beautiful but yeah. i got to do stuff and i get caught up yes. in the world yeah so, that's totally you it. know the guy the guy's now lecturing me at the oil place <laughs> he's just like i'm not responsible for this like this is bad you came in like i don't know six months that into this so and you funny. haven't changed the oil and the thing was that he could change it for me but it could it could have ruined the entire yeah. thing look beautiful on the outside but yeah. be worthless yeah, that's exactly it. And so this is our big, our big push. Let's get leaders to yeah. stop and just say, hey, and when you say the word holy for me, holy is all around relationship with God. Holy is not a list of do's and don'ts. It's a relationship you have with the Lord. And so I I, I just push people towards, hey, I, you know who heals hurts? God. Yep. You know who brings truth to lies? God. You know yes. those lies that you're believing? God brings truth to those. You know, when nobody else accepts you, God's a father who accepts you. You, you know, you know, who can tell you who, what you were made to do and who you're created to be God. And, and so we just push people into that thing that just says, Hey, go connect, go connect to the Lord. Cause he really is the one that's going to kind of heal the hurts, speak to the lies, 
bring acceptance and security and and let's all be leaders that are just just take time to stop and just be honest what is going on inside of me do i even know and some of the greatest leaders i'm talking about productive leaders it is amazing how low their emotional eq is <laughs> like these are world-class producers yep. and they couldn't tell you what's going on inside of them at all no and part of that is that they compartmentalized everything. Everything's yes. on the next task. Yep. And so they're so out of touch to slow down long enough to actually get in touch with where their heart is, is the, is the, the most courageous journey they'll ever go on. Oh, a hundred percent. And it costs them everything and gives them everything they actually really want. And, yeah, that, and, and none of us like being vulnerable. None of us. I mean, that's I there, there isn't ever a point where all of a sudden, I mean, when you start to see, to your point, when, when, and, and I see a lot of people do this. I think one of the, one of the ways that we can really measure whether we're receiving that kind of unconditional love from God, like if we're really in a place that, cause that's where it starts to, to your yes. point Agreed. where nothing, there isn't any unconditional love found on earth except for God. Everybody else yeah. has a condition. There's a limitation. Yes. But with God, it's unconditional. And like our friend Ken Williams says, which I love that line, he said, you won't experience unconditional love until you let people know your condition and still receive mm. love from them. And yes. so part of that is the brutal honesty you can have with God about where you're at, about your condition. Yes. And this is to believers as well. And, and we have a statement that we talk about in in believing communities where you say, you've got to be extremely confident in who you are in Christ. Because the moment you step into Christ, that means the moment you say, I surrender my life and I come into Christ, you are immediately whole from heaven's perspective. That means you lack nothing. You've stepped into who you are in Jesus. But your condition is very real as well. That means your experiences, your, your mind habits, your emotional habits, even your physical habits and so you have to find a community that you can be extremely confident about your identity in Christ and brutally honest about your current condition at the same time and yeah. work that out. Yes. And I found yeah. what well, most of the time when somebody is not receiving unconditional love from God, they won't take the same kind of risks with people. When yes. you when you get that right, when you get anchored in unconditional love from God, that means you're you're like, man, you know that you know that you know. If everybody fails you, he's still there. If everybody yes. kicks you out, you still have a house that you belong to. And, and, he and he talks about John 14, my father and I will build our house with you. It's, it's a promise of having a home that can never be robbed from you by the darkest of nights or by the highest of successes. Mm -hmm. You belong to the house of God. That's the promise. When that's anchored there, you actually don't find yourself becoming a recluse with people and saying, well, now I have God. I don't need people. It's just opposite. You actually find the courage to risk with imperfect people again because you realize that even if they blow it to the nth degree, you're not going – it's not going to destroy you. You yeah. can love people at a different – and any that, that word, that dirty word that yes. we talk about, vulnerability, you can actually be vulnerable – at a greater level, because you know, you know what? I'm not as breakable or shatterable as, as I thought I was when I get yes, into this exactly kind of right. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. That's why, uh, yeah, and and listen, especially in the business world, love's not a word that's used a lot. No, it's not. <laughs> but it's but we are longing 
longing to be loved. It is a deep, deep, uh, I, I, you know, Christian, no Christian, you know, Christian or not a Christian. It is a deep longing inside of us that we want to be, we need to be loved. And so, yeah, you're right. And, and in that world, we don't talk about it much, but it is there. And to act like it's not something that affects us, it's just not accurate. No, matter of fact, when you're doing, you know, we do, we do team coaching summits for businesses. It's usually just C-suites or the top execs of a certain business. And we'll do an entire weekend where we do a team dimensions profile. And it'll measure, it'll measure your business on 14 points, seven points of productivity, and seven points of engagement, which is how well your team's engaging with each other. Now, in in reality, what ends up where you see this within businesses as far as longevity, turnover rate, and so forth, sustainability always comes from culture. Achievability comes from your task-oriented, but sustainability comes from culture and yep. at the center, ultimately, and you know, we'll use 101 different words from camaraderie to trust. Really, all we're doing is we're reflecting seven different ways of saying love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we're doing. No, that's exactly right. It's the love languages, even, but they call it something else. The affirmation languages or something. Yeah. The love languages they turned into something else for business because you're like, well, I don't know if it's a love language. It's just an <laughs> encouragement language. You're like, well, it's still kind of a love language. <laughs> Yeah, you know, but you're right. It's just a little bit like not something we go. But listen, we we were created to love. We were created to be loved, and to think that somehow you can you just turn that off and 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 you know when I'm at work, you know, I don't I don't I don't need to be valued and accepted and 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 you know seen for being worthy and all that type of stuff. Yeah, you're right. So, what do you think is going to help somebody slow down long enough to take a look at their foundation? I mean, because because this is, I mean. You know, you and I, it's not like you graduate from this. You know, you don't you don't get so mature, you don't have to do it anymore, right? I think I think it's probably just the opposite. The, the more you grow in God, the more you realize your need for him yeah. and, and your need to surrender. What's the what's the first step? For those that are, are listening and thinking, you know what, man, I don't even know where's the first step of me looking at the foundation? What what would you say? Yeah, well, that's a great question. I, I think that um I think that we're driven by either pain or vision. I mean, yeah. I think this is the reality and, and uh, you know, we, we know this, either pain's driving me or vision's driving me. One of those two things. We see this a lot working with parents. Most of the time it's pain. You know, when they come to a parenting class, it's because they don't know what to do with their toddler and they can't, and they, you know, they want to lock their toddler in the closet and they know they can't do ah. that. So I don't know what to do. And so pain, though, is driving them. But so I guess here's your choice as a leader. You can either get to a place of pain where you lose a marriage, where you lose a business, where you can't keep people in place, where there's constant drama and constant trauma, whatever else it is. Or, or I, we see this a lot with people, uh, you know, that get healthy. It's like, why are you getting healthy? Well, I had a heart attack, I had to have a triple bypass. And so therefore... I now am being motivated to get healthy. So you can either get mo- you can get healthy through pain, or you can get healthy through vision. Uh, if you're already in the pain mode, you there know, you then there's resources to get healthy. But I would encourage you to have vision that I don't want to end my life unhealthy. I don't want to be driven by unhealthy things. I don't want to invest my life in things that aren't going to bear fruit, good fruit. And so I want to be healthy. I want to be healthy for my family. I want to be healthy for myself. I want to be healthy for. So there's a book called um, 
uh, I'm gonna. There's a book I'm actually reading right now. It's called by Chip Dodd. It's called The Voice of the Heart: A Call to Full Living. Discover the gift of the eight feelings. So one of the things that I would say that you would start putting that up for you, yeah. the voice of the heart by Chip Dodd. One of the things that I think you need to do is, is you've got, so we're very skilled um, at knowing uh, spreadsheets and PLs. We're very skilled at, you know, um, uh the, the the tasks of things and leaderships, but we're not very skilled at understanding what's going on inside of us. You have to get better at that. Yeah. And I don't know if you're like me and I love my parents and I'm very close to my parents, but I didn't grow up in a home that taught me how to understand what was going on inside of me, how to connect to other people that way to stop and go, Oh, I'm hurt right now. Yeah. You know how many people have unhealthy coping mechanisms yeah. Uh, whether it's whether it's excess drinking, whether it's pornography, whether it's food, whether it's just Netflix, whether it's, you know, bar, whatever, you know, what I'm saying there's like so many yeah. unhealthy coping mechanisms we have. And do you know, we have those is because we don't even know what's going on. Yeah. yeah. I don't even know that I'm hurt. <laughs> I don't even know that I'm scared. I don't even know that I'm overwhelmed. I, I don't even know these things. I mm -hmm. act like so then I have mechanisms that I'm trying to escape. I'm trying to medicate. I'm trying to somehow ignore. And so I think the first step is saying, am I going to be a person driven by pain or am I going to be a person driven by vision? And either one will drive you. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but when I decide to move forward, then I have to become, I have to become a lot more educated and how to understand what's going on. So that's why the voice of the heart, this book, it's just talking about there's eight core feelings. Okay. And just how do you recognize what those feelings are and what are they and what's the, what's the fruit of them and what's the sub thing. So it's just, it's so simple things like that. Like I'm going to read on this stuff and then I'm going to stop and I'm going to process. I think it's why community is so important is that I'm going to sit with somebody. I'm going to get open. I'm going to get honest. I'm going to get vulnerable. I'm going to let them process with me as well and let them ask questions. Sometimes we discover things by the right people asking the right questions. Tell me more about that. Where'd that come from? I asked somebody the other day, literally somebody, I was doing a leadership class and a girl raised her hand. She said, hey, what do you do though if you people wanna put you in leadership but you don't really wanna be in it, you don't feel confident about it, you don't think you're gonna do a good job. And it was, she had no confidence, it was yeah. a confidence issue. Yeah, I said, uh, I said, man, you really seem to be lacking confidence in leadership. And I just asked her this. I said, where's that coming from? And it was so brilliant. She had an answer for it. She goes, I think it's that when I was younger, I was the oldest and I had a bunch of younger brothers and my mom was always putting me in charge of them and they never listened. And it was oh, wow. always, it was always a horrible situation. Wow. And then, and so she goes, I think I learned at a young age that I'm not very good at leading people because they don't, because none of my brothers ever paid it, ever did what I asked her to do. And she said, and then I've been put in some positions where it didn't go as well. So it just reinforced the belief I had as a kid. And I'm like, okay, that's, okay. there we go. I, all, all I asked was like, I said, it feels like you're not very confident as a leader. Where's that coming from? And then she came out with this answer. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I think that's 
I think that's probably right on. <laughs> I think that you learned at a young age that people aren't going to listen to you. And when you're in charge, it's chaotic. And then you had a couple situations that just reinforced that. Yeah. And so now you don't want to be put in leadership. You don't want people to put you in places like that. And so you resist it. And when you get there, you're, you lack so much confidence and it just happens again. But, but my point is this, the right people asking the right questions can help you discover a lot. For sure. I mean, I grew up in a girls don't cry uh, environment. So I was like, everything is pushed past it. We don't yeah. talk yeah. feelings here. <laughs> and um, so uh, I kept, I internalized, I internalized a bunch of things and it was so unhealthy until I got free of yes. that and was able to, yes. to be around people and community and all that. But man, right now in this time, in this season, has it for an entrepreneur, uh, the pain or vision question that you set out for us, like, what are you motivated by in this season? And what are you moving by pain? I mean, that's very real in yes. this time because the pain came really quick. It was like, yes. you know, pulling off a bandaid and like from one day to the next, I, I, I work in the food industry. So uh, as a caterer, it was like one weekend to the next, like everything dropped. All my events were canceled and I had to start refunding money. That's painful. And yes. so um, the pain was real. So, uh, you know, what I'm saying, it's there. It can be there. Yes. Either you are out from inside or outside. But this was an external thing that that was happening to the world. Yes. And exactly right. I had a choice to make. I, I, you know, sad to say, I, I was moved by pain at first until I started to, you know, play, you know, started to engage yes. with the Lord even more and try to move in vision. And really what I found out, it's just so much more like joyful to move in vision. Yes. Than <laughs> no, you're exactly right. And, and listen, I would say this, you have to have a vision to be healthy. Yeah. I want to believe truth. I don't want to believe lies. I want to be motivated by everything. But this is what I'd say. And I'll say this about COVID. And I'm not, I don't want to, this is, uh, I'm not in any way trying to be callous or anything like that. I pastor a church with people who have been really affected by uh, the economy or the health of COVID, all this type of stuff. But COVID exposes underlying issues whether it's exposing physically physical underlying issues or it exposes emotional underlying issues, all this type of stuff. So lots of times for people right now, and this is, and I'm not saying COVID the shutdown is right. Yeah. COVID is causing a shutdown, yeah. but there is a moment that we are in right now. If you have vision to be healthy, mm -hmm. there is a moment that we're in right now where there are some things some underlying issues that are being exposed. What do I trust? What do I believe? What, like whatever. What, like where where have I put my faith? You know all this type of stuff. But but there is a gift right now in the midst of this that if I have vision, I will recognize. Wow, this shutdown has exposed some underlying issues in my life that I need to address. And it's exposed at marriages. And I would say this about marriages that 100%. there's a lot of marriages that are having a very hard time. Well, the shutdown didn't cause the hard time. The no. shutdown simply exposed issues that were already there. And so I would say, hey, you can be frustrated with that or you can say, you know what? 
there's not a better time to get healthy in our marriage. Right now, there are issues being exposed in our marriage because we're working at home together, because we're stressed about finances, because of the uncertainty, because I got to homeschool kids. All of this pressure has simply revealed issues that were already there. Let's deal with them. Let's get healthy. Let's take this time to say, all right, they've been exposed. They've now come to the surface. Let's go after those things. And I, and you, you know, you mentioned with COVID and the shutdown, and I'm not saying this stuff's fun. You, you know, like, I, like this stuff's hard work. Even what you just described, like you wanna, you wanna be an entrepreneur. You wanna get healthy. This is the whole courage piece. You wanna get healthy. You wanna be an entrepreneur. You wanna be, it takes a lot of courage. It's hard. It's not like an easy road. I don't know who said it was going to be easy, but it's not. And the same way that being an entrepreneur takes real guts, the same way that an entrepreneur takes real courage, the same way that an entrepreneur takes, you know, that moxie that you've got to have just to be able to stick it out. It takes just as much to become healthy. <laughs> like it takes just as much to say, I'm going to deal with these issues that I, that I don't want to deal with. And, um, and I'm going to deal with them before my wife leaves me. I'm going to deal with them before I lose my business. I'm going to deal with them before I blow up my relationships. I'm going to deal with them before these things because I don't want to just have pain be the thing that motivates me. That's it. That's, that's powerful. And I think to, to your point, you have vision and you have courage. In a second, just you talk about being anchored in the unseen. I think that's going to because because that. That enables your envision to enlarge by far, but there's, um, I I wrote an experiential 21 day experiential journal called Plunder Darkness. That's all about not being afraid of your pain, but understanding that we, even with vision you can actually plunder your pain. Otherwise, your pain is constantly plundering your life, and so you can you can you can actually use use your pain. Your pain can turn into fuel to push your vision forward. It doesn't have to handicap you. Then you see this all the way through the Bible, one person after another after another, that when they surrendered their pain to God, all of a sudden something else showed up. And, and so yes. there, this, is, this is not a time. Let me put it this way. To all you believers out there, this is not a time to shrink back or to wish you lived in a different time period. You know, you know the scripture is clear about about those that are cheering us on the great cloud of witnesses. They wish they were alive right now. Yeah. They yeah. wish. I mean, they were, they'd be chomping at the bits. I mean, I'd give anything to be alive in this moment. This is where it counts and you're needed. Your courage is needed. Your heart is needed. Yes. Surrendered to your identity in Christ is needed. You cannot play with this stuff. You can't go back and forth and be yes. double-minded. This is kind of who I am. This is kind of who enough. And in, in 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 right now, any place that we've become double-minded, I was telling um Chris Kalala last week, I said, I haven't repented more in the last six months that than than I have in yeah. years of places. Any places I put my confidence outside of Jesus. Yeah. It's getting exposed for a reason. It's getting yeah. exposed, so we shift our foundation back to the yeah. root, back to yeah. the unseen, back to yeah. something that's eternal. Because when that takes place, then we can show up in the midst of a crisis and be solution oriented, not yes. complaining oriented, which yeah. is what the world is longing for right now more than anything else. We need to be leaders that bring solutions. Would you talk yeah. a little bit about faith and being eternal, eternal minded? 
I will, man, but you keep bringing up points that I want to address. Oh, pain, go for it. Bring it up. Pain. <laughs> you keep asking me a question, but you made you made such a good point. Pain is actually good unless you ignore it. Pain True. is saying something's wrong. <laughs> like, thank God that when I break my leg, pain tells me I need to pay attention to that, get off of it, and go address it. So listen, pain is not evil. Pain is exposing something's wrong. So stop and go address that issue. Pain Man, only good. becomes a problem when I act like it's not there. I ignore it. So I sprain my ankle. I <laughs> act like I didn't sprain my ankle. So then I start leaning on my knee too much. And then I blow my knee out because my ankle is sprained and now my knee's blown out and my ankle sprained, but I act like both of those aren't real. And then I, and then I blow a shoulder out and then my back, but this is what happens, right? Yeah. So pain is not evil. Pain is, pain is good. If you let it be a, a you know, your oil light that pops yes, on, Tanya, that's right. then an oil light pops on saying, listen, <laughs> there's something that's wrong. Go address that issue. Don't don't act like it's not there. Don't move on like it's not there. And many people are in pain right now. Yes. And so let's go address that issue. Yes. Let's yeah. address it and not run from it. The opportunity, right? You can either see threats or opportunities in this season. To to whoever has eyes to see opportunities, trust me, even in your businesses. And I, I talked to many business business owners right in March, April, and I said, guys, listen. You've never had an opportunity like that where your production is going to be forced to be dropped, where if you will take the opportunity, you will focus on culture and taking care of all the people that are running ragged for the last 10 years. So that when this pandemic is over, if you put your investment into the people yes. of your company, they will be so revitalized that you will excel when this thing is over rather than barely come out of it surviving. And the business owners that did that, I'm telling you, they're already seeing profitability shift. Yes. They're already – the whole climate. Because if you can invest in someone in the midst of their fear, they'll remember yes. that for the rest of their yeah. life. That's exactly and right, right now, the employees of businesses are terrified. So owners, if you're hearing me right now, invest in your employees in the midst of their crucial moments of pain. And that equity, trust me, you'll be able to trade in on that equity for years to come and sustainability in your company. But don't ignore the pain. This is an opportunity right now. You're forced to slow down in life. Why not actually get re-in-touch with your heart? And I tell people this all the time. You know, when your heart goes numb, I remember learning how to ski and, and I didn't have the right ski gloves. My hands went numb and I just ignored it. I ignored the numbing because I was having too much fun skiing. And then I come back down the mountain and now my hands, I haven't felt them for maybe two or three hours. Not a smart thing to do. Fire. And, I, you know, it's youth camp, right? And so I'm in junior high, Mount Hood, Oregon. I go into the bathroom and I put my hands under running water, hot water to thaw them out stupid, stupid idea. But you know, the first feeling that I had in my hands when the feeling came back was intense pain. The yeah. only yeah. other way for me to get rid of that pain immediately is to cause them to be numb again. But if I wanted to use my hands for the rest of my life, I couldn't afford frostbite. I had to push through the pain until I could feel and function again. Yes. That's where you're at. You've got to push through it. 
Yes. I love it. I love it. I think we can take, I just, this is why I come alongside leaders and going, no, that pain, that pain that you're in right now, it's not going to take you out. It can get you to where you need to go. Let's get vision. Let's get healthy. Let's, let's seize the opportunity we're in. Let's find out what God's doing, all this type of stuff. So, so good. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Well, hey, if you want to know more about the book and we, you know, ah, we didn't. Listen, the conversation is too good to talk about the book. Yeah. Yeah, but, but I mean, the beautiful part about books, right, is that people are able to have a conversation with even friends and other people. I think you even have a workbook for this book, correct? You have some something that you can actually go through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so you I know, got, I got study guides, DVD curriculum, streaming, book, all available on Blackout Tuesday, people. Yeah, but yeah. hey. Hey, that's <laughs> all available on Blackout Tuesday. You're going to want to pick up a copy on Blackout Tuesday. <laughs> it's a good thing that nobody's ordering anything online these days. Everybody's going into the store. I'm sure they are. Yeah. Yeah. from Pain Division, guys. Pain Division. Pain Division. Pain Division. Hey, you know what? I just um, – Banny, here's the deal. I – even for even for the for the the pre-Christian, the ones that are curious, I would love for you just to bless them and and speak some life, encourage over them to do yes. what they didn't think they could do yesterday, that they could do today. That they, yeah. they didn't they didn't know. They they were like, no, there's no way I cannot endure this anymore. I can't actually face my pain. I can't do what I think I need to do. That they would find what they couldn't do. They can do all of a sudden. I just want you to speak that courage over them. Um, that you, I know, I know your your personal story a little bit more than you know the, the what they've been able to hear today. That's you've had to do this. This is not theory yeah. to you. You've had to find the courage. You've had to find a community. You've had to be vulnerable, even when it stunk when you hated it. And, yeah. and so you have something. I just I would love for you to release that over them. Yeah, I would just say this. You know, if as a believer. We love verses like, um, you know, God will never leave us nor forsake us. We love sermons on trust. We just hate being put in positions where trust is required. We just hate being put in positions where we're wondering if God is with us or not with us. And so, so I would just say this. It is in these moments that I – it is in moments of weakness. Paul actually says this in Scripture – he says, I've actually learned to delight in weakness. Paul's like, I take pleasure in weakness. And not because he's a narcissist, but because he, he realized that in my moments of weakness, that's when God becomes the strongest. That's when I experience the strength of God in my life is when I am most weak. And I would just say this, it is in moments of weakness that we experience God in a way that you will never experience him somewhere else. It is in moments of weakness that we truly believe God will never leave me nor forsake me. When I'm in the wilderness and I'm scared and I feel all alone and I don't know what's going to happen and all of a sudden God is with me in that moment, I experience and I encounter God. And so listen, we we avoid weakness. We run from weakness. We hate weakness. We don't like feeling vulnerable and exposed. But there is an experience you have with God in the midst of weakness where you experience his strength in a way you've never experienced it. And that's why I think Paul can say, no, I actually delight 
I delight in weakness because I have found that when I am at my weakest, God is at his strongest in my life. And I, and I want to experience the strength of God. And so you may feel at your weakest right now. You may feel like you don't have anything left. There is nothing left in the tank. You can't keep going. You are drained in every area. You don't know how this is going to work out. And I'm saying, man, come on then. This is where God wants to show up. This is where God wants to demonstrate his strength. This is where God wants to let you know, I really meant I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. I didn't mean that in the good times. I meant that in every time. Like I'm not going to leave you. And so I think we experience God in a way that is really marking in our lives in the midst of weakness. Mm. Mm. Come on. Come on. You acknowledge when you can acknowledge truth, you access the power of truth. When you acknowledge the truth that there is a grace out there for you, you access the power of it. Yeah. Listen, you just put that on repeat, what Banning just spoke over you. And trust me, the capacity to do what you couldn't do is going to show up. Tanya? Yeah. Well, everyone, thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you want to find out more about Banning Liebscher, you can go to jesusculture.com. He is the lead pastor of Jesus Culture Sacramento. And also his new book, you can get it on Audible. I did Audible for his book, Rooted. But The Three Mile Walk is his latest book. So go to Audible, go to Amazon.com and get a copy of that. If you feel super empowered by today's show like we did, then, you know, join us for the following podcasts to come. Leave us a five-star review, comment. We want to get to know you as well as find out about more events through CraigMuster.com.